Good morning, Ross Greenwood here. Um, just thought we'd try a little podcast, start it up in the mornings and uh, just see what sort of things might come out. And I think the, the one thing to really talk about today uh, is the jobs and the impact of the coronavirus, not just today, but going out into the future. Uh, the government effectively did what most governments do when an economic downturn comes. It stepped in, uh, it provided, if you like, the, the bandage. They called it a bridge to try and get the economy to the other side. So if you consider what they've done in terms of the, the efforts they've gone to, um, it, it really is quite significant. So you sit there and say, you know, you've got the best part of, what is it, $214 billion, including that $130 billion JobKeeper program that's been put in place. Uh, now, the idea of that is that you're going to have a very short, sharp recession and come out. But as the employment numbers yesterday really showed a significant number of people, almost 600,000, having lost their jobs already and either on JobKeeper or job seeker programs. The real problem is what happens next? What happens if the bridge that the government has built does not go far enough? Does that mean that the government has to incur even more debt? And one of the real issues, and even the Prime Minister was saying this yesterday, is that you can't expect that the government can basically save everyone. You know, you've got to get business open. You've got to get business going again. But of course, there's health risks. Uh, and this is really the, the, the dilemma that government finds itself in. But the second part about it, which is a bigger problem, is that people expect the government to bail them out of everything. Now, the government didn't bail out Virgin Australia justifiably and correctly because some of the major shareholders in Virgin Australia, of course, were government-owned foreign airlines. And this is really important. Now, if you consider what generally happens when there's an economic downturn or any impending recession, go back to 1987, the share market collapsed. The government stepped in, interest rates were cut. There was a housing boom. People forget this before you even got to the recession of 1990-91. There was a housing boom, which then prompted the, the Reserve Bank to partly raise those interest rates to those record highs of 17%. Right now, if you consider where we are, we're barely, well, three to four months into this economic crisis. Uh, and the health crisis has certainly now turned into an economic crisis. And the real issue was, if you go back to, say, for example, 2007, 2008, when the government's budgetary position was in a much better situation, at that time, you saw also enormous spending from the government, but it was bailed out courtesy of China's stimulus, building infrastructure, using Australian iron ore, and of course, Australian coal as well. So right now, the government has a dilemma. It's got to get business back to work to start generating jobs. Because when a person is in a job, they're paying tax to the government. And as we've seen, taking pressure off the budget, as it has over the past few years when so many jobs were created. But the problem of people being unemployed is that they're not paying tax, but they're also taking money out of job seeker type programs. And there is a fundamental issue. Then you go to issues such as, you know, the whole band-aid that was placed over the corporate sector by allowing companies to trade insolvent for six months and showing also that a no uh, person with money owed could make a claim over a company unless it was more than $20,000 as compared with $2,000 normally. Uh, it's now a situation where there's a lot of companies out there that may never ever trade again. And when, say, for example, in the date 
that I've marked in my diary as September 25, around about that date, is when that Band-Aid comes off. Now, the question is whether companies really can survive, whether we're back in business by that time, or whether there is a raft, another wave of unemployment that comes from companies that otherwise seem to be trading and operating now that won't be after that date. So as I say, I think there's a, a, a fundamental problem that's coming. The, the stock market at the same time, in my mind at least, is almost delusional to have imagined that we've seen a 20% rally in the stock market since initially the COVID-19 virus hit. Remember, it plunged almost 37% here in Australia. Then it's rebounded over the past seven weeks by 20%. It's in a bull market. It's bizarre. And yet here we go. Yesterday, the market seems somehow surprised that the employment numbers got as bad as they did. Do bear in mind the stock market still remains 23% off all-time highs. Just a final one. Take you back to 1987. At that stage, it was considered to be the worst share market crash since the Great Depression, and people were worried. But it actually took, at that time, some four years for the Australian economy to reach its recession, the last recession Australia has had since presumably we're in one right now. And so the impacts of these market falls, the shocks, financial or health shocks that they might be, are not necessarily felt immediately, but into the future. And that comes as a result of people not having work, government not being able to bail people out. And as a result, banks having to take significant hits, not what we've seen so far, but the hits that come from long-term sustained unemployment. All of these reasons are why those employment numbers were so important yesterday and why there was a certain urgency about the Prime Minister's speech yesterday, really warning that there needs to be more done to make certain that people don't see the government as the sole source of income. The final part about this, and I think Nikki Savarin in the Australian newspaper summed this up brilliantly yesterday when she talked about Paul Keating talking about a banana republic. That was almost the wake-up call to get some fundamental change in policy that was desperately needed. Right now, we don't have that. We almost have a government, Nikki Saver picked this up yesterday, saying that they, they don't want to frighten the horses. Steady as she goes, all that type of stuff. This is the time for bold reform, to try and make the Australian economy competitive again and to make certain that those businesses and individuals that survive the recession, survive the, re- the downturn, prosper and do well and build growth for the very long term. And that, to a certain extent, is the opportunity for the government today. Thanks for listening. We'll try and do it again very shortly. G'day, Ross. Richard from Brisbane here, long-time listener of yours, and really glad to hear you back on the airwaves, or at least a different medium, but you know what I mean. Um, Mate, just in terms of the date you popped in your diary, September 25, I think you said, I'm wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on that. Is that uh, when you think most businesses will um, sort of fall flat on their faces, the zombie businesses, um, off the back of JobKeeper-related stimulus ceasing? Or just interested um, to hear a little bit more about that and um, glad to have a rational voice of reason to, uh, to listen to in these trying times. Cheers, Ross. Bye.